Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. All right, here's my question. Can you explain to people, you know, you're a sort of a talent handler, right. you know, and I, I don't think people realize that a lot of these people are so fucking mental and weird and everyone yell at me for saying mental, woo, but that they have to, you know, like, all right, for instance, I, and I'm not, I don't even think of myself as, but when I go do a show, like if I'm going to do Colbert or something, right? I don't bring my manager. I don't bring, I bring like my kid or my partner, Elisa. Like, I don't want those. It's like, go do your job. I don't need you babysitting me, you know? But you were dealing, you would literally deal with the time they leave their house until they go home again. Yeah. Uh, you're handling these huge celebrities. So you don't have to name names. Like, what's the fucking weirdest thing that someone like was like, I have to have this in my dressing room or I have to. Oh, my God. There's so many weird things. You know, and it's a whole team of people, as you know, that does right, the, right. this freelance world. It's not really part of the show proper either. But you, another thing. you um, have to earn the trust of these yeah. producers that you're not, you're not. World. Yeah, because you have secrets. Like a lot of people are like, why the fuck is he talking about orange fuckface? Right. I, I think what people don't realize is, you know, it's because he's the president and he's putting fucking kids in like. Exactly. It's this is a whole uh, I'm, I'm sure you have shit on so many. Oh, man, I could tell you some crazy stuff. And, right. you know, I'm trying to think of one really juicy thing. There's so many bizarre things and I don't want to. All right. You don't have to. OK, there's so many there. I'll tell I you know. we'll see each other in person. All right. Fine. <laughs> uh, can I tell you one funny story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Oprah Winfrey, I was her talent handler. Right. And like. This was right after I got out of drama school. So 1996, the daytime Emmys, you know, you've been there. And uh, I think I was at though. No, maybe the next one. All right. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was there with Rosie too. I have yeah, a great yeah, yeah. Rosie story. When she got up and left because Montel Williams got the award. Right. But um, anyway, remember. I'm there with Oprah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there with Oprah and I'm her guy for like three days, you know? And, and as we, as we enter into like, the daytime Emmys and go down like Radio City down the main orchestra right. row to the front row. Her big head security guy was like, listen, dude, once we pass that first mezzanine, they're going to realize that Oprah is in the house and we will get run over like Custer's last stand if you stop moving even for a minute. So no matter what happens, you keep moving with Oprah down this row. And if you stop, I'm going to tap you in the back, right? So I'm walking, Oprah's there. All of a sudden, I come to a wheelchair, you know, and I'm like, what do I do? There's a wheelchair in front of me, you know, right. somebody in it. 
He starts tapping me in the back. I got like some human strength and was like superhuman strength. I picked up this wheelchair and moved it to the side. And I'm like, I'm going to hell. With someone in it. Yes. And I said, I'm very sorry, ma'am. I'm just moving you out of the way. I kept walking. He leans down in my ear and goes, nice work, man. Nice move. We get to the front row. I get the intro to Oprah, which apparently doesn't happen all the time. You know, this is Noel. He did a great job. Right. End of the gig. We get Oprah, her dogs, Stedman. We get them all in the limo. And he goes, you know what? You're the best we've had at this. I'd like to offer you a job with, with Harper. And I said, well, what, what's the deal? What would the job be? He said, you'd do what you did tonight. You'd be her advanced guy and you'd travel anywhere she travels around the country. And then we got here, you know, you'd do the same thing. You'd bring her in. And I said, you know what, dude? I just got out of drama school. I'm going to be famous myself in like a couple months. So thanks for no thanks. <laughs> and he laughed and handed me an envelope full of cash and was like, if you ever change your mind, man. And I'd have a yacht right now had I done that. But I, uh, I know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And that Welcome to the Noel Kassler show. Exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we all made mistakes. Okay. So you go from, you're working and, and you're hired as an independent contractor, right? Yes. For, for each production, you know, so, you know, they're like, Noel, we heard, you know, so-and-so loves you, blah, 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 blah. Right. Okay. Then you start working at, Orange fuck faces. Right. How did you get on Celebrity Apprentice? Because you were doing well. They they needed you for Celebrity Apprentice, not for the regular Apprentice, right? right? I did the live shot because the other thing about what I do, it's all live television. It basically has to be a live show, you know, right. moving parts. That's where my specific skill set comes in because it's all DGA stage managers, right? And they want to know the guy who's bringing them Madonna. You know, when the Grammys are at the garden, right. they want to know, no, who's bringing me her at 855? Like, right. it has to be somebody that everybody trusts. So a friend of ours in that world got the contract to do the Celebrity Apprentice finales. They were going to do the, they did the first one. I was there at at uh, Rockefeller Center in Studio 8H where they do right, SM, right, right, right. So she, you know, it was like, it was like a B-level gig. You know, she's like, hey guys, I got this gig. It was kind of beneath what I did because around that time, you know, I did the Super Bowl, all this right. kind of stuff. But she's you like did the NBA too, right? I did the NBA All-Star Game for like 15 years, which is a classy organization. That's like the top of the. Oh, food. I bet. Oh, that oh. is. Ooh, I could tell you stories about that. That is like you haven't lived till you spend a weekend, an All-Star weekend with those guys. Oh, amazing, man. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, so, you know, we did that kind of stuff. And and this woman worked with us on those things. She she worked with us on all that. You know, it's a very small world. Right. And she's like, I need like a dozen handlers, kind of a team guys to come in and handle this. It's a Sunday night. You know, I live on the Upper East Side. I ride my bike everywhere. So I'm like, it's a 10 minute bike ride. I'll get a paycheck. And I wanted to see if Amarosa was real because I'd watched right. the show. And I'm like, yeah, I'll come. I want to see that. Right, right, right. Close, you know? And uh, I'd already worked with him in the '90s on the pageant. So, and I grew up in New York, so we knew who he was, you know. Right. And he was joke. Yeah, a lot of people joke. don't realize. No one in New York voted for him because right. everyone knows what a fucking fuck. But right. wait, you you worked on the pageants, but what? Like not in the talent capacity. Were you in? No, the- I was like a PA. It was helping out somebody who gave me that first gig actually at the Kennedy Center, and right. I came in and just getting paper, getting reams of paper, getting water, you know. So you knew you knew Orange Fuckface. Yeah, I, I saw him. You, know, you saw him at, at like lining up the girls, exactly. and and that was actually you know 
it's a serious thing, but that was my first lesson in how powerful men get away with shit they shouldn't get away with. Right. The first year he lined up all the girls, inspected them, you know, taking notes like it took an hour. He's checking their teeth like that's all real. And while that's happening, cameramen are standing around, grips, audio guys, you're paying union wages. Right. And then they added it into the the schedule. The next year was in the production schedule. So it wasn't a crew call until he was done with that shit. Probably saved him a hundred grand. And that was like, oh, they'll work around it because there's yeah, money people don't realize like every minute is fucking money. Right. Because when you have the crew and, you know, they're all in the union and, you know, if you're going to have them there, then you have to fucking pay for them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so you already know about Orange Fuckface and you're living on the Upper East Side. The the Ivan Kunt and all them, they all live up there, you know, and I know. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're a New Yorker. So you fucking get what we all knew and wish the whole rest of the country knew. Okay. No. So, you know, my friend got me the gig. I went on and did it. That's when I first saw him like crushing the Adderall and chunks flying out of his nose. It's where I saw he couldn't read because they had a cue card with arbitrage on it. And he stumbled over the word to the point that he flew into a rage, accused the script department of setting him up, stormed off set, you know, went into the dressing room, the upstairs, if you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like the guest bed, you know, dressing room comes out, shit's flying out of his nose, pure insanity. And I'm like, this guy's out of his mind, you know, but again, it wasn't that unusual a thing. Right. You had already experienced this with other, but you know, I I know so many people who were on the show and I, and I know for a fact what you're saying about his speech and, you know, the shit he used to say. Mm -hmm it's probably a lot of them won't say anything because, you know, I guess the NDAs, but he is so disgusting on so many fucking levels. So when you, when you experience this, are you like, Oh my God, this is like a thousand times worse than the worst I've like, this is a whole new level of, okay. Yes. Yes, Because there's a malignancy, the malevolence to it, you know? Like you see dysfunction in the music business and entertainment and people are just trying to get out there and perform a song, you know, and I, you know, I worked with Whitney Houston when she was, you know, going through some things and, you know, most of the time it was heartbreaking, you know, right. Of course, you know, and, uh, but this wasn't, this was like, you know, I saw his syncophants, you know, he had like Felix Sater, who was like, right. You know, was a, and and, and a pedophile. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, as years went on, like we did it, I think 2010, we did it downtown at the Skirball Center. Yes. He had the after, and I was working with, I think, a mutual friend we have, because back then they had musical guests still. Right. So a singer that I've worked with a lot, she was on the show and, you know, we went to the after party and that's when Jared and Ivanka came on the scene. Yeah. They would work this room, like, and meet all these Russian mobster types. Because our, like, invited audience was like Russian dudes from like Bay Ridge and like chicks in fur coats. Right. You know, you know, in May, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are these thugs? And I saw that they were using the show as an opportunity to grift for the Trump organization. You know, It's just it's like I know people who went to, you know, I religious people, Jews. Who went to a school like where Jared went. And so they all social like it's a small community. These Orthodox Jewish rich got people who go, excuse me, who go to these famous, I mean, like, you know, very uh, uh, highbrow, expensive yeshivas. And 
he was like known as like just a tool, yeah. like a not that smart. Just yeah. So you're seeing all this. And I know this is a question a lot of people have, and I'm not saying it to, you know, put you on the spot, but like you stayed there for six years. What was the thing that kept you there? Well, it was only the finales, right? So it was only a couple of days. Oh, like, so you weren't, yeah. So this no, wasn't, wasn't a full like time. Right, okay, right. Okay, I wasn't okay. like having to change his diaper when he's doing a pop-up right. shop in Times Square with Little John and shit. Right. Like, I'm going in when it's Joan Rivers and cool people. Right. They brought back all the celebrity talent for the finale and they would do like live hits and stuff. Right. So there was a lot of moving parts. It was, again, it was, an, it was like seen as an extra paycheck. It wasn't, it was like a bonus. Was it your, job. yeah. Right. So, so did he know who you were? Yeah, they did. I mean, cause I was, a, he didn't, he, he, he didn't like, he's not that smart, you know, right. and I didn't talk to him one-on-one. He, he walks around like this, you know, right. like, he's only thinking about who can I feel up? Like who's the hot blonde in the room, Such you know, a like, fucking like arrested development. Right. And so, yeah. He would wait in the hallway. Like at the end, the last three years we shot it at the museum of natural history, which, you know, right. and, and like, you know, that building, like there's the, there's like the, the IMAX theater and yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, theater. So we shot it there and then we'd have the after party upstairs. There's like an escalator and there's like a ballroom and he'd wait out in that hallway till like everybody came in the after party and then he'd get his security guys all around him and he'd walk in like he was president back oh, then. And we're like, dude, asshole. we just saw you on set 10 minutes ago. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, Tom Green doesn't care about you. Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. There's nobody in this fucking room who's impressed with you, or you know. But those last three years, I was assigned to Ivanka and Jared, and that, on a serious note, that's where I saw that she was running the show. Right. Trump wants music to play when he walks in the room. He wants to get high and he wants to hit on slash assault women. You know. Right. He wants what is instantly going to make him feel better because he's right. a narcissist and a psycho. They're like more playing the long game. And I saw that, you know, I saw the way they make fun of him behind his back. And then she gets with him and she, that whispery sibilant S. Oh, that I know. I watched that Conan. There's right. a, yeah. there's an episode of Conan where she's like, well, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And she has this right. sort of raspy, deepish. And then now it's like my father and fucking hate her. I, fu- I can't believe that there was a point when fuckface when it was like, you know, he became president and people were literally saying, well, at least Jared and Ivanka are there and they'll make it, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, they're fucking worse than him. hundred um, percent. And that's what I tried to tell people, you know. Yeah. You had you signed an NDA. Right. Correct. I've signed NDAs, too. I mean, they're really for the. I mean, they're for protection of secrets really, you know, the way, you know, especially like if you have a game show or something, you know what I mean? Exactly. Don't but say the, who won. Exactly. Right. But these NDAs, like what his and NDAs non-disclosure agreement for anyone who's wondering why I keep saying NDA were his more specific. Like you can't say a fucking word about anything, how I do my hair or, you know, well, those that you're speaking of definitely are, those are his personal NDAs. Mine was through the production company. 
So mine was more like the general one that you just said. Okay. You know, mine was Mark Burnett, NBC kind of, you don't say who won. You don't take pictures of the set and tweet them out. Kind right. of general shit. The stuff that he had people sign when they like went to work in the White House and stuff, that was pr- to, to protect those kind of secrets. Like, don't tell people I'm incontinent. Don't tell people like you're going to see me hooking up with a porn star. Right, right, it was right. That, it was the shit that Michael Cohn had to pay people off and- you right. know, he'd pay off his victims and make them sign NDAs. So I didn't sign that kind of NDA. But even if I did, I would have said anything. I would. Right, right. As soon as he locked up the kids in cages, it, I didn't. That was it. it. All, all bets are off. It was the Muslim. You know what I, I wanted to say to you? Um, you know, you you after this is all this all ended, but I want to go back. But I just want to say this now. Now that I have it on my head in my head, but that you became a stand up comic. So you could tell the story in a way Um, you're using comedy to tell the truth. And I just have to say that it like that's what great comics do. They speak truth to power. And I feel like you doing that is the ultimate speaking truth to power. And so I give you kudos for that because, you know, people get on stage and they're so full of fear. I'm going to insult this or I'm going to. But you know, you you think about the comics that were censored and it was because of what it wasn't, you know, Lenny Bruce wasn't, you know, he was censored for cursing, but it was really the substance of what he was talking about. And same with George Carlin, you know, it was the, the truth. And so you really did take you are an example of speaking truth to power. So mazel tov on that. Um, couldn't get a bigger compliment than that. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey. Can I can I say one thing along those yeah, lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the 92nd Street Y. You know, my partner's Jewish. We live on the Upper East Side. We would always go the 92nd Street Y. And Judd Apatow was given a talk right after Trump got elected. And I was just kind of like, I'd always wanted to do stand-up, but I didn't go into it for just to become a famous stand-up or something. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. It was like... It was like you said, I was sitting there and I was like, I'm going to be the Woody Guthrie of comedy. And I'm not equating myself with Woody Guthrie. Right, I right. Just, I get it. Yeah. I realized like a song wasn't going to cut it. You know, by the time you wrote a song about this shit, he's done 15 other horrible things. Right. I recognize the immediacy of stand up comedy as the best way to speak truth to power. And I knew, like you alluded to before, that he was a bully. And what right. he really feared was the truth about himself. Right. I connected those two things, which is why he couldn't deal with the White House Correspondence Center, because, you know, there's truth in in, in every great comedy. You know, there's a bit of truth or all truth. And he just, you know, I mean, look, if someone took the time to write a joke about me, like to me, that's the ultimate compliment. If SNL is going to fucking do a skit about I'm like, oh, my God, I made it, you know. But for him, he this fucking coward, narcissist, dumb fuck. I fucking hate him. You know I love my Liquid IV, that I drink Liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben my son, Ben, who plays basketball, his team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. 
dare I say it's because of the liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, le- the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! I want to now go over some characters in the, in the fucking orange fuck face. Michael Cohen, who actually our sons played basketball together. So I used to see him at the basketball games, but he would always be on his phone in the corner coming in and out. He denies all of the drug use and shitting in the pants. Why do you think that? And he still does. Why, and, and people do say that he, that, that orange fuck face is afraid of doing drugs. You know, because it'll make him, no, uh, you no. know, not that's, have control. That's a self-created myth. Trump has done cocaine, speed, all that right. shit since the 80s. I mean, hello. When you don't you have to Twitter, look yeah. Right. It, I mean. Adderall is his maintenance high. He sniffs that when he has to read shit. That's what he does. To and the Sudafed in the drawer. And I'm the guy who pointed that out. Right. I'm the guy who first pointed that out. Yashir Ali retweeted yeah. that famous Cinco de Mayo. And I yes. said, look in that fucking drawer. Yes. He would eat him like candy back then because his nose was so stuffed up. That got other people made memes out of that and they got it. They got it twisted. I was pointing it out as like c- contraband. You know, it's right, like a, right, right. Sign of paraphernalia. It's drug paraphernalia, something you use in context with regular inhalants. He also has a big patch on the side of his nose where he had a septoplasty. Right. He also sent in Keith Schiller and another bodyguard to- Oh, no, Keith Harold, Yeah. To Harold Bornstein's office. Yes. To steal his to medical take records. all his medical as records, soon yeah. As he got elected. He didn't do that because he high, has high cholesterol. Right, okay? right. I live on the Upper East Side. You know, rest his soul. He just died mysteriously two, day, two weeks ago, Harold Bornstein. Nobody knows how or why his family wow. put him up bed, but right. that guy was a doctor feel good on the Upper East Side. Right, sued for overprescribing housewives on Park Avenue. Blah blah blah. It's not just me. There's dudes who cut lines with Trump. Okay, and I don't even care if you can do your job. I'm not like, ooh, you do drugs. Right, right. Why right. I pointed it out was because active addiction is a mental illness that makes you think about only yourself. 
It makes right. you resentment and self-centered fear. And that's the most dangerous thing to have in a leader. So that's why I pointed it out. I've never met Michael Cohen. I never saw him backstage at Celebrity Apprentice. I know he had some kind of title on it because he, right. he he worked with him for 11 years. I know he worked, he cut checks to pay off the people he assaulted. Yes. You know, but he wasn't like his body man, like right, right. in his book. That was Keith Schiller, right? So one of two things, Michael Cohen, A, never could have witnessed it. What I believe further probably is that he still owns taxi medallions, New York City taxi medallions. He wouldn't want to admit to being around drug use after the fact. Right, right, right. And I don't think he's as anti-Trump as he comes across. You know, he's really he's I don't think he likes Trump, but he's got a podcast now. He's got a book. Now I know. He's like, but- oh, I'm a media star. I never took a dime for this shit, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm no hero, but I didn't sell a book about it. Right. I didn't say, here's my GoFundMe or here's my Patron page. Here's, you know, and I got offers. I didn't take right. And I want people to judge for themselves. You right. can see it as president. You can see the chunks flying. Oh, out. please. Right. I, I mean, there were so many, yeah, videos and this, oh. whatever. I, I hate it. I so know much. it's true. I don't have to prove it to right, anybody. Right. And I want people to make their own decision. But people ask me that all the time. I'm like, I don't know why he's not telling the truth about it. He either doesn't know about it or it makes it, it's it's better for him to and not the brand it right. than it is because you were around it. He also... Right. You know, Michael Cohen, I'll say one last thing. When Trump got elected, Michael was the guy who flew around to corporate headquarters and said, you better pony up some money if you want to do business with the Trump administration. You know, he went and shook down corporations when Trump right. was president-elect. If Trump had brought Michael Cohen to Washington and given him a job like Michael wanted, you think you'd be hearing from Michael Cohen right now? Yeah, true. He would have been his head enforcer for four years. He got, you know, he got boxed out and he looked for his next play. And that was, let me write a book. Let me, he, he talks about a podcast. Like to me, that's- I know, I feel like, you know, he, he comes out of jail. I don't know. He seemed very sincere during the hearings, like, and, and his sincere. face lends to this sort of, you know, he has that sort of face where the eyes come down, puppy doggy eye thing. Yeah. So he can sort of play that. All right. Two, Mark Burnett. Um, now I accuse, I feel like, Mark Burnett is responsible for the Trump presidency. I mean, I there's other people I feel that are responsible uh, in other ways, but I feel like he truly is the one who's the most responsible for creating this sort of monster. Um, and that Roma Downey, his wife, is Miss like religious with the, what? What was the fucking show she was on with the uh, an angel? Yeah, say by an angel. So he's like, oh, and the God and the Jesus and God and Jesus. And and it's like you're married to like how I can't get like I can't, I fucking don't get that. Wait, you you think you're so fucking pious and religious, and you're fucking this guy's a fucking piece of dreck shit, you know? Who was a mercenary, you know? He was British Special Forces. He was on his way to South America to basically kill black people in Guyana and stuff, you know, when he stopped in Malibu and became a nanny. Right. Know, he got off the plane in LA. And oh, became, Mark Burnett. I was Mark talking Burnett. about Trump. I was no, no, no. Mark Burnett. So he, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know British that. Yeah. Special Forces on his way to South America takes a stop in LA, becomes a a nanny in Malibu, realizes like, hey, there's something to be had here, becomes a reality show producer, makes a fortune, you know, off a survivor and stuff, then goes to Russia and says, I want to do a reality show. Yeah, this is, yeah. So this is really interesting. Go go ahead. I'm sorry. He goes Goes to Putin. Yeah. Goes to Putin and his people and says, I want to do a reality show on the near state, near space station. 
They say, no, you need to do one on Donald Trump in New York, our guy in New York, and they send him to New York City. And that's where The Apprentice came from. The genesis of The Apprentice was him getting. Well, there, I mean, that's I mean, come on. There's something with the with Putin. I mean, yeah. and New Yorker, New York, New Yorker did excellent reporting. on Right. This. Yes. Don't on that, take yeah. my Patrick, somebody Irish last name, wrote a great in-depth deep dive on this. So this is facts comes to New York, does the thing on, you know, on Trump. My friends were on that crew on the original show that was like 94, you know, right. my, were like audio guys and reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when they showed up to shoot it, like the, the, you know, the couches were threadbare in Trump's offices. They had to rent furniture to make him look rich. Cause the other thing is Trump organization was like a mom and pop shop. You know, there was like 12 right. employees and three of them were his kids. Right. It wasn't this massive empire corporation. It was a small real estate company with admittedly large holdings and a huge right. ego footprint, but it wasn't this Fortune 500 company, you know, with a thousand employees like right. he pretended it was. Right. And so Mark helped him rehabilitate that image. And like you, being a New Yorker, you thought everyone knew this guy was a con. I know. Right? But oh, in middle America, he didn't even win in his polling station. Right. Exactly. Oh. But in middle America, they really didn't know the guy. Right. And then, then they thought he was like this businessman. And Mark edited all that shit. Like Trump would show up an hour a day. Like they'd be right, 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 him. right. And he didn't know what was going on. They would tell him who was going to be the winner. Like he wasn't deciding unless right. it was a black woman. Then he's like, I'm not picking her. Which right. He did with Holly Robinson. But um, or even Kwame Jackson. And right. it, that's the other thing. He used the N word all the time. Ugh. My buddy taped him going on a tirade, like vicious tirade about Muslims and the S word and the N word to describe Latinos and blacks. Like, do you think shit. what do you think those tapes will ever no. be released? No. And I know they exist, but no, he's gotten away okay. with it now. I don't I know. think Trump will even be going to jail like everybody's hoping. And I know. I, uh, yeah. I, okay. I need to know more about some other people in his fucking, um, did you ever meet Jeffrey Epstein? No, I saw him a lot. I never spoke with him, but yeah, right. he lives down this. I live off of fifth Avenue in the 90s. I shouldn't say where I live. Um, yeah. he lives in the seventies. He lives on 74. Well, he doesn't live anywhere anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have business in that neighborhood that I would go to all the time. I'd go to a meeting there right around the corner right. a couple times a week. Where if you know where the Ralph Lauren is on Madison, yeah. there's a church there that I'm a frequent guest of, you know? And uh, so I would ride down his block all the time. And you would see him, like he bought that, I don't know how deep a dive you wanted. Right. Do, but, yeah. you know, the Koch brothers live at the other yeah. end of that block. Yes. Mark and Madison. So Epstein was a figure. And I would see Jelaine, Jeffrey, yeah. Trump, uh, Melania at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame all the time. Because right. back in the 90s and 2000s, we did it at Waldorf Astoria in a ballroom. It was like an inside right, right. baseball event. Rich guys would buy a table and bring their corporate, you know, their finance bros to see like Queen get inducted. Wait, something. how about how bad the sound is in that room? I know. Waldorf? It is the worst fucking sound. I've done so many gigs there and it is, notoriously shit sound. Exactly. Um, well, you know, exactly where, where bet has hula. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, that, so it was an inside New York thing and you would see him all the time. I would do right. another show called the angel ball, which is downtown and Cipriani's. And yeah. she was always there. And Trump was, you know, Melania was with her. Trump was with her. Trump was his customer, you know, and he wasn't just like Trump 
trained Epstein, in my opinion. You know, Trump was like, I tell people this, if you look at that clip at Mar-a-Lago, when Trump says something and Epstein's the guy who doubles yeah, 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 yeah. embarrassed, it's Trump who grossed out Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Oh, I, wa- I watched that. that so many times. And it's just so right. like, because when I was researching my book and it's like, a, you know, you, people like Orange Fuckface and, and Jeffrey Epstein, you know, like the only time they laugh is that it's someone else's expense. Exactly. So, and that was like, that is like a perfect example of the only time he can laugh is if he had belittles or, you know, just says something horrible. Yeah, he's a fucking piece right. of shit. Okay. And, and, and think about what you must have had to say to make Jeffrey Epstein. Right, Epstein like, out. Yeah, like, whoa. Right. Yeah. The guy was paying eighth graders to jerk him off every day. Yeah. You know, like. So Bill Barr, his father was a, uh, the was he the principal at Dalton, I think? He, or, he was or a teacher at Dalton. Dalton. But right. then he, the father was, but he hired Jeffrey oh. Epstein to, pl- to, uh, yeah, I thought you meant Jeffrey Bill Barr's uh, father, father the headmaster, ma- headmaster principal, whatever. Which is a powerful and he, position. Yeah, and he hired Jeffrey Epstein to be a math teacher, even though he didn't even have a degree. He didn't have a college degree. He went to Cooper Union, you know, took a few classes, but didn't have a degree. And you know, you're from that world. Like, yeah. you know, you're you're paying fifty grand a year. Right. And you know, my girlfriend's mom was a teacher then, an art teacher at the school at the same time. Like, you go into Horace Mann, Dalton, these places. Right. So your kid can be guaranteed college and he's getting taught by like a 24 year old playboy. Right. And he was his wingman. Right. You know, they both left under a cloud of suspicion. NDAs were involved. Families got paid off. As you know, like, or maybe you don't know, but Bill Barr went to Horace Mann at the yes. same time. There was a big class action suit. Yeah. Seven to 90. So there's a lot of bad shit that went down in those prep schools and money gets paid out and people don't hear the facts. Yeah. Uh, by the early eighties, after Bill Barr left in disgrace, he's teaching at the Hackley School up in Westchester. I used to go to their proms. I had girlfriends there. And he was Chester the Molester. That was his nickname. Oh, so, he's so fucking. I mean, it's all they're all. Ugh. And by and the way, my how, kids went to public school. OK, me too. proud to go to public school, yeah. you know. Yeah, they're all intertwined. And mm-hmm. I hate Bill Barr so much. I fucking hate that. Fucking fuck. He is the worst. He is the worst. And he completely covered that up. There's no like there's no question in my mind that he didn't have a hand in Jeffrey's death. Jeffrey built a replica of his his father wrote sci-fi novels about having teenage space sex slaves. And and there was like a sex temple on a book cover. He built a replica of that sex castle on his private island. Jeffrey Epstein. Fucking piece of shit. Hey everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity, and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 
60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Okay. Martin Screlly, the other scum, biggest <laughs> scumbag in the world. You encountered him. Yeah. At an NBA All-Star game in Toronto. And and I'm walking, we're staying at like this fancy hotel across from the arena. And I'm walking back in, you know, from rehearsal or whatever. And you have those circular doors. Yeah. And I get in one and right across Martin Sproul. And I'm like, I know you, I know you. And I can't figure out where I know him from. And he locks eyes and sees my wheels turning. And I walk in the lobby and turn around. And he's looking at me outside the glass. And he sees me realize and my face like fall in disgust. Right. And he goes, yeah, bro. <laughs> he's I like, him. it is me. I was like, oh my God. He is the ultimate and entitled fucking fuck. Oh, what he's, he is sick. He is sick. The New York Times interviewed his jury when they were doing jury selection. Uh-huh. They would show a picture of him to these potential jurors and they'd be like, uh-uh. I don't know what he did, but I don't like that dude. Yeah, right. Like people's visceral reaction was like, yeah. nah, man, he's guilty. And they're like, we didn't even tell you what he did. He's guilty. Okay. I have some questions regarding your NDA. Okay. You don't give a shit. Correct? No. And it's have they like come after you? To- I mean, they have there's a lawsuit. No. I saw some some sort of thing online, but they, they haven't come after you. And I've heard you say it's because. I mean, they're not going to get any money out of you. Right. And they would have to defend the fact that, you know, they would have to defend themselves and say, no, that's not true. And exactly. That's not true. I'm right. I'm telling the truth. I'm telling you what I saw, you know, and like my colleagues didn't want to speak out because they didn't want to lose their careers. They didn't think right. he was going to get elected. You know, there's all this, you know, they were contacting all of us in 2016. I did speak out then to the New York Times and Hillary's campaign. My colleagues were like, well, he's not going to win and I'll never work again. We know he's a scumbag. Right. And my position was like, there'll be no industry if this guy's president. And sadly, I was right. Like right. they shut down the industry. You know, right. I haven't worked in years, you yeah. know, like in that business. So there was no moral choice. But the truth will set you free. You know, like oh, Trump got kidding. away from being 
He got away with being who he was because people are like, he's rich and powerful and he'll sue you. Don't talk about the fact that he's assaulting women all the time. Right. Because it was more secret. I mean, I didn't know the extent of it when I worked with him or I would have quit then. You know, it was the reporting that came out after, you know, and then we all started talking. And then I heard more stories from within my industry. And I was just like, I can't believe nobody spoke up on this guy for so long. And, you know, he's president. All bets are off, you know. You were the Javits Center at um, HRC's uh, The Night She Lost. Um, my my colleagues were there. I was right, actually right. up here in my country, but they were texting me. Texting like, you that everyone was like crying. gaga crying. Like they're all, right. I mean, Katie I cried. Yeah, right. crying. It was awful. It was awful. awful. And it's fucking, he didn't really win. No, he didn't. And that's what Jared did. You know, Jared was the guy. When I said earlier about how they were like the brains behind it, Jared was the guy who set up the back channel with the Russians and and got his buddies that he went to Harvard with in Palo Alto and said, how do I micro target people on Facebook? How do I find a guy in Michigan who voted for Obama, but he listens to Kid Rock and he owns an AR-15? How do I find those guys? So Kushner was able to get that information, funnel it to the Russians, who then bombarded these people with misinformation, right. with psychological propaganda that said Hillary Clinton has a sex, you know, right. pedophile, pedophile operation in a pizza right. shop. Yeah. And it worked enough to flip 77,000 votes. And that's all he needed. Three states, 77,000 right. votes is why he's president, you know? Um, what do you think Putin has on him? Oh, I think it's all the years that they had brothels in Trump Tower. And I think Trump had a frequent flyer pass. You know, a lot of friends I have who who know more about that situation than I do. But everything I've seen leads me to believe it's correct, that he has very violent tendencies. You know, the the situation with the 13-year-old girl in Epstein's house, I believe beyond any doubt, she's telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. If you know Trump, that's how he talks. If you listen to E. Jean's, thing that's yeah, how I he love E.G. Carroll. Yeah, he do. he's a hero. She's going to take him down ultimately. Yeah, I love but, her. So I think Trump, me too. And I think Trump had, uh, I think he went to those brothels all the time and he would always get compromise on other people. That's how he got his business deals done. You know, right. he'd get building permits and shit because he'd have these guys come party at the plaza and they'd hook up with a Russian model who he imported with Trump. Right. Model man. And then he'd have something on them right. and yeah. do coke. And then he'd call him up the next day and be like, how'd you like that blowjob last night? Right. You want your wife to see the tape? He's too stupid to think they'd be doing that to him. I think Putin was collecting that for years. And I think when he had that first meeting in Helsinki, where he basically stole the notes from the translator. Yes. Yes. I think, right. I think Putin pulled out a laptop and was like, here, remember this one? Remember Sletvana? You know, whatever. Remember this girl? And I think he just showed him years of his very violent sexual right. encounters. And I think, because if you watch Trump when he came back onto the stage from that private meeting, he was like reek. Yeah. He was crestfallen. He was slumped over. I'd never seen that guy walk like that. You know, at the most of his thing, he's still always walking right, with his right, chest right. Down. I'm the man. He was not the man. He looked white, like he'd seen a ghost. So that's what I think Putin has on him. It's not just a P tape. I think it's much more. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you get death threats? Yes. And are you, are you scared? No. I love that. And I'm not a fool. Like I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go to a bowling alley in Ohio and be like, I'm the guy who talked about Trump on Adderall. You rednecks. You know, like, but 
I, I'm scared for my country. You and I were messaging, you know, yeah. the day the Capitol was attacked. Like, that's what I'm scared of. I worked yeah. on Capitol Hill, too. You know, we didn't cover that, but I was a bike messenger up there. I worked for right. the Congressional Budget Office. That felt like a violation. You know, that was oh, a that to me. Well, thing. yeah, right. we were, that's right. Because I couldn't, you know, I was thinking my my parents, God rest, rest their in peace, whatever the fuck. Um, you know, my father went to Europe during World War II for this shit. Like right. my uncles, exactly. you know, right. this is not. And he fucking egged it on like he loved it. He was probably jerking off to it. He definitely was. He definitely <laughs> was. <laughs> he definitely was. And he he said he was marching with them. He said, I'm going to be. Oh, marching I know. With he just lies. And I mean, the evidence is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. Two, this is a part one and part two. Have you heard from anyone in that family? OK, no. or no. OK, part two. Is there anyone that reached out to you that you were like surprised that was like, thank you or. Um, yes. Yeah. There was somebody who, and I can't verify this, there was somebody who claimed to work in the White House who was a medic, you know, he was a, a pararescue guy or something in the Air Force who had been assigned to the White House. And a couple of years after my revelations came out, he said, thank you for speaking out. We've all witnessed this stuff. There's more to what's going on with him medically than we've seen, especially like the Walter Reed trip, you know, right. when he comes running out of the side door carrying his file or whatever. Like Trump doesn't carry anything himself. Right. You know? So that alone, that he runs out and hops in an SUV and they take off to Walter Reed on a Saturday afternoon. Right. Two weeks after he'd been in Madison Square Garden with his old buddies slapping him on the back. And there's some thinly veiled stuff in there, but his old buddies right. that were around at The Apprentice that might traffic in certain substances that you right. can sniff, you know, two weeks later, he's rushing up to Walter Reed with some kind of event, right? So there was guys that reached out to me and said, like, I have, you know, HIPAA things and all kinds of NDAs and all kinds of stuff. I can't speak out, but I can corroborate the things you've said. Can you find somebody who's not a comedian to, 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 you know, to write about this and make it more, you know, and I couldn't like, I talked to famous journalists, friends of mine, you have to have three things of proof. That's also why I went into comedy. Cause like, right. I don't need any proof. I'm telling you what I saw. I'm telling you how it affects him. Now you can think it's a it's joke. It's so you funny to me that they're like, Oh, can you not have a comedian? And yet you go on every fucking talk show. Right. Right. Um, and it's like pundit expert. And there's always a comedian there right. to yeah, fucking yeah. tell the truth and call right. people out on their bullshit. All, we're always there to do your fucking dirty work. And yet right. we're not, you know. Right. But we get no respect. Right. We're just a comedian. Right. 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 You know? right. Exactly. What are you writing your book about? About the stuff we talked about, you know, I'm, I, and also about the positive things I've seen, because everyone knows me about the Trump stuff now, you yeah. know, and I never wanted to be talking about him for four years. None of us did, you know, but in that journey that I've had as a as a as a kid that I told you about who found yeah. his way into the arts, I saw some incredibly inspiring things. You know, I worked with Stevie Wonder. I worked on Barack Obama's two inaugurations like I was in the room for things that made me know that there's a lot of love and a lot of good in this world. Right. And I also believe that arts, you know, and the humanities have a role that's been neglected. This stuff uh, happened. 100 percent. Reagan cut all that shit in the yeah. 80s. You know, they don't want people in touch with their humanity. 
You know, it's easier to manipulate a person that that is dead to themselves. And also dumbing people down like George. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get these people to attack the Capitol? Right. You know, fucking dumb. And they believe that fucking asshole. Yeah, they believe that shit. Like he's got your back and you're really supposed to go in there and like, you know, it's. But you need to manipulate these people. Koch brothers did it. You know, they they mm-hmm. started that thing. You know, it was like, let's gut arts right. and education. So I think that kind of stuff is is what I'm writing. You know what about. you would be, you know what I think you would be such a great role model for kids whose parents, you know, like you talked about it, who's for kids whose parents are incarcerated right. to start a, some sort of buddy system or you, that would be such a great thing to do. I would love to do that. And that's why I do speak about it. Cause some people are like, I can't believe you would say it. And I don't, I told you more than I've told anybody else on a podcast. I speak about that publicly in other ways where it's in fellowships, where it does. Right, right, right. But you would be such a, yeah, because just to say, Hey, you're going to be okay. And you're going to get through this and you're going to have a home and a partner and a life, you know? Because that's what your mother didn't have. Your mother didn't have any representation of like, no, you can still have a family and you can still have a job and you can still be gay. You know, like that was the thing. And, you know, when people feel not represented or like they don't see that they can succeed being true to themselves, you know, that's, yeah. And you don't, you're never, you don't feel, you don't feel fear. I mean, do, do you feel have you I, traveled? Have you traveled on a plane since all this shit? I, I, I basically walked away from my, you know, my industry when I started sp- speaking out, I was offered one more Super Bowl, I right. think back in like 2018 or 19. And I didn't go, it was in Atlanta. So it would have been 2000. Like, but do you get, I was wondering, cause do, if you get stopped at the airport or anything and they're like, I'm sure there's a file on you. No, no, not yet. Not like Kathy, you know. My yeah, friend it's Kathy, so right? fucking that really. The Kathy and she thing. was, you know, we're we've been friends for a long time. You know, I was texting her when that happened, like that weekend, and, and, and even yesterday. Like, yeah. I'm glad that she's sort of coming back from, and she's. But no, I haven't gotten any of that kind of stuff, and I'm not at that level, obviously. Right, right. But um. And it's not that I don't feel fear. You know, I live with self-centered fear. I have to work every day to right. get over my, uh, right. You know, my own fears. I was fear. I was nervous to come on and do this podcast. You, know? oh. like, I, you made me feel wonderful. And it was a great experience. But like, okay. if you're a stand up and you're not scared at all, I'm like, I don't know how you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but those are my fears that I won't right. get my point across that. I won't be funny, you know, in a way that, that will mean And you're something. just at all. You know, the more you do it, the better you get. And the, you know, so you got to just keep doing it. If, even though there's right no on. fucking clubs open. All right. So you're the best. Thank you. Thank um, you. I always ask two questions before we um, hang up, even though this is probably the longest, but I don't right. care. I'm so fu- No, I love it. I fucking love it. Okay. Number one, we're very pro mental health. I, you know, I, suffer from depression, anxiety, but whatever, you know, my listeners are like, yeah, whatever. Um, so what do you do for your mental health? I know you go to meetings, anything else? Do you, yeah, I, everything I do is for my mental health and I do go to meetings. You know, I I went for away for a month, 15 years ago where I focused on my mental health and where I got sober, you know, I'm in recovery. Like you're not supposed to say which one, but I'm active memory recovery. 
Um, I meditate, you know, I pray, I read a lot of mental health stuff. I've gone to see, you know, a ton of counselors. I need all the help I can get. And there's no shame in it. You know, there's shame. Exactly. You know, if you got to see what happens, you see what happens when it's, yeah, exactly. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, you got to seek help. So I get as much help as I can. I talk to people, you know, I, I, especially now, you know, we've all been sort of isolated for a year. You know, it's like, I'm lucky that I am in recovery. Like that I have a network of people to be honest about. And if I had any message to anybody, you know, suffering from that, just tell somebody, just be honest. Now tell somebody how you're feeling and you, you'll share that burden. You'll instantly feel better. Because we all, yeah. Yeah. Right. You'll be able to help somebody else, you yeah. know? Okay. That's number one. Number two, the podcast is called Kill Me Now because I get pissed off at everything. And um, so I want to know what makes you so fucking mad. Like what fucking makes you go crazy, pissed off? Like it could be anything. Oh, animal abuse. Oh. When I see those videos and I, I like, I always am going to quit Twitter. I saw something on Saturday night that was like, kept me up all night in horror. Uh, so animal abuse, any I kind of, what the fuck that is right. so mad. That is a major, like they're, yeah, I can't, I'm even, you know, we're watching the crown and every time they go every, hunting. I know. Yeah. I want, I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're like, what the fuck? Right. Exactly. That one, did you, you know, the episode of the crown where, the, where the, um, My favorite I've seen them all. The, all right. I'm, we're not done yet. Don't tell me. But first of all, the one who plays lady die, I, I fucking love oh, her. So good. Right. So good. Like even the facial, everything. All right. The one where the, the Buffalo or whatever it is, is injured. And then throughout the whole episode and then they, <laughs> the fuck. I know. I, I, I know that, that stuff brutalizes me emotionally. You know, I live with emotional hangovers for days, even right. seeing fictitious. Like I never watched Tiger King. Everybody's right. watching that. Yeah. I started to watch it and saw I was cats in cages. I'm like, no. Yeah. You know? It's so sad. Right. How about how he but, thought he was going to get a pardon? <laughs> he had to live up there. I know. Fucking assholes. Well, Noel, I can't thank you enough. And I hope that, you know, when this is fucking over, we're going to be at the clubs together, hanging out. Oh man, that would be awesome. I right? go to the West Side, West Side Comedy Club a lot. Oh yeah, my son worked there. I know, um, that, that's yeah, why yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah, I've yeah. killed in there. He's like my good luck charm. I've had some great sets when he was there. Oh, he's adorable. Um, nice but that hasn't been open. It's not open. I know. That was my last gig was I had a Friday night set there and it got canceled. I stayed in New York City like Wednesday. I had a show at the Duplex right. like in the theater on a, a Monday and I stayed around and then it was like, no, canceled. I haven't been on stage since. Uh, it's I know. Now. It's horrible. It's horrible. But, you know, keep telling the truth. You are Thank fucking you. great. And you really have a good vocabulary. I have to say that. You're really very good writer. I have to, whatever. Um, and definitely. say hi to your mom. What's I definitely will. Who is she with now? She was not with Ellen anymore, is she? No, they broke up. She's in Silver Spring, uh, Maryland. I think she's kind of single. She doesn't, she's not, you know, she lives alone. Let's just put it that way. You know, who but doesn't? Well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wait, what does the girlfriend do? Your girlfriend? Oh, she's uh, in real estate in New York and stuff. Oh, we've, we've been together 25 years off. Wow. Off. You know, a nice Jewish family on the Upper East Side. Very good. Very nice. Now, well, 
You did good. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Noel Kassler. How amazingly great is that guy and how great is, how intense, like his life, unbelievable. So if you're new to the um, podcast because you're a fan of Noel's, please subscribe, please leave a review. It helps so many more people find it. And then I can feel good about myself because you know, I have low self. No, I don't have, I mean, I kind of do. But anyway, five stars only, please. Thank you. If you haven't purchased my book, yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. You're an idiot, okay? Because you're listening to my podcast, you realize that I am the most brilliant, talented, intelligent person you've ever heard. Then you want to buy my book. Yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. And it's also, the audiobook is really great. If you don't feel like reading, the audiobook's great. It has my voice. And you gotta lower the volume. Okay, I'm just gonna read one little review because I looked online to see, and this is a new review, and I love it. Censorship in comedy is hurting everyone! Exclamation point. Judy Gold's brilliant, hilarious way of explaining this should be read by everyone! Exclamation point. You will have a great time reading as you learn a lot about comedy history, comics lifestyles, and read so many funny jokes. I love you, Sharon, whoever you are. You are the best. Okay. And the uh, title of that review, please read this book, exclamation point. I love people who use that exclamation points. Anyway, it would mean a lot to me if you would check it out. And all the order links are on my homepage of judygold.com or wherever books are sold. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram for all of my upcoming virtual and live events. I have a live event in Connecticut in March. You can follow me at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because I'm a Jew. Judy. <laughs> you know what? If you're finding me annoying right now, just know that I am finding myself even more annoying. Okay? But thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Get the vaccine. This is going to be over soon. Please, God, please. I love you all. And as we always say, so long. <laughs> And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.